Can we give God a cheer this morning? Let's put our hands together and give God a cheer. Amen. Come on, I have any of a story to tell this morning. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Revelation that they overcame the accuser by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Do you know every time you worship God and thank the Lord for something, you're giving your testimony. Come on, somebody. Amen. You're just, you're just telling God how much you love Him, but you're also saying about how, what He's done for you. How many can just lift your hand to heaven today and say, I want to thank the Lord for who He is and what He's done. And all that He's done for me, this is my testimony. Amen. How many know every time you sing and you worship, you begin to overcome? Amen. Something begins to rise up. Faith rises in your heart and you begin to come. Why? Because you're agreeing with the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. Amen. And something amazing is happening today. How many can say I have a testimony? Amen. Come on, I have a testimony. Look at somebody and say, I've got a story to tell. Amen. Because of Jesus. You may be seated today. Amen. God is good, right? All right, yeah. We used to do all that back in the 90s. All the time. All the time, God is good. Amen. We're so thankful for everyone that came today. And even though we know that there's a lot of uh, people that are still dealing with some issues and some things going on, we're so happy that you came today. And those of you who are joining us online, maybe you're uh, at home in your living room, maybe you're uh, not at your house, maybe you're on the road or you're a vacation wherever you are and thank you for taking the time uh, just to really join in with the family here uh, however you're listening whoever you're listening with we just want to say God bless you anything that we do anything that we say today we just hope that it ministers to your heart and that God changes you and touches you by his power how many know we don't have any power we don't have any goodness we don't have anything and by ourselves that we can do to change hearts but only God can do that amen but how many know he just needs vessels he just needs someone Amen. To, to say, Lord, I'll do it. I'll, I'll try. Amen. And so uh, we really want to just say, that, uh, you know, if we anything that we say or do today that blesses you. Amen. You know, if God is moving in your life, we want you to tell us about it. And uh, we have, you know, several emails. I don't know how many emails we have, but you can just contact the church and let us know. And just, you know what, this is what God is doing in my life. This is what happened this week. You know, that encourages everybody, doesn't it? Amen. And so when you do that, that is amazing. So we encourage you to do that. Well, last week we opened up, we talked about family matters. We're going to continue in that series today. I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to pray. And I've I got to be honest with you, uh, some of this, as I said last week, I'm learning. You know, sometimes you, you know, you heard the old saying, you got to practice what you preach, but sometimes you're preaching what you're practicing and you're trying to preach what you're living. And so I, I know that, and especially when it comes to marriage and family, you know, it's amazing how people, you know, want to keep you know, keep the, the pastor accountable to every word and uh, or whatever. And you're, you're like, well, are you doing that? And I say, well, I'm practicing and I'm trying. And uh, I, I believe my wife gives me an E for effort uh, on some of these messages. And so we're learning together and we're improving. And so today I want to talk to you um, about family matters as well, but just kind of address this as what's my role? What's my role? In Genesis chapter 1, starting in chapter 1, verse 27, in verse 27, we're going to read a couple verses here, and then we're going to pray. The Bible says in verse 27, so God, the Bible says, created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. 
And then the, he gave them a commandment and he said, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And then in verse 31 it says, And God saw, uh, God saw every living thing that he made and he beheld it was very good. He said it's good and that means right, that means perfect. And the Bible says also in Genesis chapter 2, starting verse 18, skip over to chapter 2, verse 18, says that, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And then in, in verse 24, the one, the one that declared this, I believe, was, was God through Adam. He spoke and he said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and those two shall be one. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for the power that's in your word. I thank you, Lord, that every time I open the book, Lord, life is streaming out of it. I want to receive from your life today, Lord. Help us receive from the life of the word today and hear what you want us to hear today, Lord, that we can be changed into your image, Lord. We thank you and bless you. And everybody said, amen. How many know God wants strong families? God wants to build strong families. I begin to think about past revivals. I thought about uh, when every time we hear about revivals and awakenings and we talk about reformations over the centuries. You know, it's nothing more than this. A revival is nothing more than this. And that is God re-emphasizing what He already spoken. Did you know that? And how many know God is re-emphasizing something in our day? God wants to move in our day, in, a, in our families, as we said last week. But God is re-emphasizing the gender roles in marriage. Can anybody say Amen. God is re-emphasizing family in this day. And so we know that every time God re-emphasizes something, a move is on the way. Amen. A revival is on the way. But you know, just because in our culture, in our society, just because marriages are broken and there's opposition against gender roles, how many know that doesn't make marriage or gender null and void? We still have to teach it. We still have to talk about it. We still have to live it out. Amen. Just because there's brokenness doesn't make it broke. Amen? And so we've got to teach it. In fact, by teaching God's Word and the principles of God's Word in family, by teaching it and demonstrating it, here's what happens. Healing and wholeness comes to a people. And so when we ignore it, brokenness remains. Opposition remains. But when we teach it and we live it out, how many know healing and wholeness come? Amen? I don't know about you, but our city needs healed. Our nation needs healed, right? And that means coming back to God's way, God's principles. I want to share some things that I shared last week in the very beginning. I read those scriptures on purpose because we see a few things in the very beginning. In the very beginning, we discover a few things. I believe, number one, we discover that family matters, right? We discover that family matters. We discover that family is essential. That's the second thing we discover as we read these scriptures together. We also discover that family is good to God. He said it was good. And how many know if God says it's good, then it's good. Amen. And family is God's design and God's order. And then we see that God, we talked about this last week, about commitment, that God upholds family by His covenant. And I want to just introduce this today, that we also see this in the very beginning, that God designed roles in gender and in marriage. It was God that designed that. It was God that, that determined our roles, and He's the one that created it. How many can thank, thank God He did it, and 
not a man or not a woman or not an institution or a group of people. God did it. Amen. See, God created gender. God created gender roles in life, in marriage. And we see in the New Testament teachings of Paul in the church. God created these roles. And so as I began to talk about roles in marriage and roles in gender, everybody's getting a little tense. I can feel it. How many know there's a, little, there's an, a lot of opposition today as far as what God did in the beginning? Come on, somebody. Amen. The fact that God even existed, there's opposition. Amen. But there's opposition about what God did at the very beginning. But how many know whatever God did is awesome? It's good. It's perfect. It's right. And it's the way to go. And so I want us just to be open about some things and consider some things before we teach about the roles in marriage. Um, you know, I want to just to kind of sum up and how do we sum, sum up what our gender roles are and gender roles in marriage. How do we sum that up? It's really this, by saying that God created us to be and to do. That's how you just sum it up, what my role is. What is my role? My role is summed up in this. What did God created me to be? He created me to be. And what did God create me to do? How many know when you know what to do? You know who you are. You know what to do. You know where you're going. And God wants you to find that out through Jesus Christ. Amen. But I want you to consider some things today. I, you know, I, I thought about jumping right into our roles in marriage and, and talk about who's the boss. We'll save that for next week. Amen. And the husband said, good, thank God. I've got a whole week to work on it. Come up with some good, really good jokes about it. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, but five things to consider. I just want to share some things that we need to consider when it talks about gender roles and roles in marriage. Because there is such an attack. And I realize that today, by standing up here and sharing what I'm about to share, first of all, I don't know everything about this subject. I'm learning. Second of all, I wanted to say that this is one of the fronts of spiritual attack today. This is one of the fronts that the enemy is attacking the most, and that is the family, and even, even more specific, gender. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because when he attacks gender, he's not attacking people. He's attacking God. And he knows that he can't directly attack the Lord. How many know he tried that and he lost big time? Right? That's not even a word anymore. Why did I say big time? I'm so 90s. Anyways, so, but, you know, and so he, he just, you know, this is something that's things to consider. Keep in mind at all times. So when we're talking about this, I'm talking about one of the battlefronts today. And so when you're talking about this, we've got to consider some things. I, wanted, I want you to consider some things about when we talk about gender roles and roles, specifically roles in marriage. You've got to keep these in mind. Number one, God is good. Everything that God created is amazing and is good. God created everything out of his love. He did not create something for you to be abused by. Everything that God created for us and designed for us, what, is good. Come on, He designed it out of His love. You've got to keep that in mind. He designed it. Many times we think that God has created things for us to go through to punish us and to, and to make us lower than the dirt. How many know God already, we were already lower than dirt. God raised us up from the dirt, amen, when He breathed His breath into our nostrils, amen. So God is good. You've got to keep that in mind. God is good. Everything that God designed and God planned, he said at the very beginning, it is good. Got to keep that in mind, don't you? Amen. And I think the second thing we've got to keep in mind is that God wants this relationship with us. This is about a relationship with God. This is not about rules. Many Christians live out of Scripture. They live out of things out of context. They live out of what they're not allowed to do, what they don't believe in, what's wrong, come on, 
instead of what God said to do and what God has for us. And so we've got to live out of this and think about this And when we're talking about these things today. Think about our relationship with the Lord. Why? Because when we are born again, God restores us back to a place that we had. How many know God restores us back to the original intent? It's called repentance. God restores us back to a place in Him. God designed, this design that God did from the very beginning is what we lack in our lives and what we search all our lives looking for, this is what we're searching for, is God's design. Did you know that? Amen. That's why you, you, you just, you went with somebody, you broke up, you got married, you, got, you couldn't find it outside of God's will. You were searching for God's design, but how many know when you met Jesus Christ and you were born again, you came back to where God had, has for you, right? And you came into God's design. And so we came back to what we were looking for our whole life, the relationship with Jesus. Amen. Very simple, isn't it? But you got to keep these things in mind. Think about it when we're talking about these things. And I, th I want you to take something else into consideration. Take in consideration our new nature. You've got to take into consideration that we're not the same people we used to be. We don't think the same. We don't talk the same. We don't love the same. Come on. We don't worship the same. We don't have the same father that I had before I was born again. I don't have the same faith. I don't have the same future that I had before I was born again. Is that right? How many know we live out of a new nature? In fact, in 2 Peter, um, some of us know this. I just want to repeat this. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it said that by his, God's own glory and goodness, He has given us uh, His very great and precious promises. I love the precious promises of God. So that through them, through these promises, we might be partakers in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. How many know that our divine nature agrees with the divine plan of God? Your divine nature that God has given you through Christ Jesus agrees with the divine plan that God had in the very beginning. You line up with it, you agree with it, you submit to it. And not just our new nature that we need to take in consideration. I want to just spend a few minutes on this. you got to take in consideration and think about our fallen nature. Oh yeah. How many know the Bible says that there was none righteous, no, not one? Right? That before Jesus, you know, before we, were, we, we knew Jesus, we were sinners. The Bible says that, you know, while we were yet sinners, before we met Him, we were sinners. We were lost, and we had a fallen nature. This is where it all happened, right here in the garden, as we talked about in Genesis chapter 1. In fact, the biggest hindrance, the biggest hindrance is really to understanding and living in a relationship with the Lord is sin nature. It's the biggest hindrance. It's the thing that keeps you from really coming into the fullness of what God has for you. Is that right? Amen. Is the sin nature? Is it your fallen nature? And Paul said in baptism, we were we were free from the power and the sentence of sin and death, but we still have to battle with the temptation to sin. Come on, we're going to talk about that in the next couple uh, months. Amen. How many know we're born with a glitch? <laughs> Amen. We got a glitch. Amen. It's our old lower nature. Amen. And you got to understand, we wrestle with this. And so people, when, when, they, when they look at the very beginning, they look at God's way and God's design, if they can't get past the old fallen nature, how many know they're going to struggle with what God said? They're going to struggle with God's design. And in our fallen nature, I've noticed this, is that there's two things that we've ad adapted to, we've taken on, and that is, number one, rebellion, and number two, fear. 
in our nature, an old fallen nature, really takes these on and becomes uh, a, a kind of what we live in, in our fallen nature, rebellion and fear. What do I mean by that? Rebellion is that rejection of God's way. Is that what happened in the very beginning? It was a disobedience that was going their own way. It was a rejection. It was a way that I said, I'm going my way. And so because of rejection, there's really what happened and came in the garden. There's pride. And it's a pride to do it a different way. Our way. Not to do God's way. Maybe a little different way. Maybe a way that we would like to do. How many know that's pride that comes out of a heart of rebellion? That's our fallen nature. Our fallen nature has really just embraced this, this uh, spirit of rebellion. Did you know that? Someone said, no, I was a good Christian. I was a good sinner. Oh, yeah? You want to bet? All of us, amen, had this in our nature before we met Jesus Christ. And how many know we're still, some of us are still dealing with some of this stuff and some of these issues. We're still, still dealing with going our own way and doing it our own way. I like what one uh, uh, preacher said. He said that God made man his own image and then we return the favor. How many know that's in our nature, old lower nature? Amen. See, we reject anything that goes against how I feel. That's, how, that's my nature. I reject everything and anything that goes against how I feel. The way I see it, the way I want to do it, the way I, I want to serve, the way I want to worship, the, the person I want to be, I, I have a tendency to reject everything like that. And so we have to understand is that when we live outside of God's way, that's what it means to be in rebellion or rejection of God's way, and that's simply what it is. Amen. But how many know that's why we needed born again? Yes, we did. We needed born again. Amen. How many born again people do we have here today? Great. Some are still unsure. Amen. So, you know, this is, this is what, this is what uh, the whole plan of salvation is, is that we can be born again. We can be set free from this old fallen nature. Amen. And so the second thing that our nature does is not just rebellion, but fear. What do I mean by fear? Not just like being afraid of the dark, but fear in the sense that you're threatened by God. You're threatened by God's order. You, you, you don't like it. It doesn't feel comfortable to you. You don't want to do it. You're threatened by it. It, it threatens the way that you really want to do things. You, it threatens your plan for marriage, your idea of family. It threatens, come on, because it's not your way, because it's God's way, it poses a threat on your nature. It poses a threat, threat on your, come on, you've got to humble yourself, don't you? You've got to surrender to God's way. And that puts a threat on your nature. Amen. There's a threat there. There's a fear. Uh, and as, as the Bible describes in 1 John, that perfect love cast out all fear. The fear of death, the fear of dying without God, the fear of not knowing God, the fear of not knowing tomorrow. How many know that perfect love casts out that kind of fear? Amen. And so there's a fear there in our old nature. There's a fear. Yes, it is maybe being afraid of the dark, but it's the fear of not doing it your way or, or having control. And when you don't have control, you feel threatened. And when you feel threatened, you begin to hurt. Come on, you begin to abuse. You begin to lash out, you began to reject, and you began to respond. And so one of the things I realized is that we're threatened in this, and especially in our day and our time, we're threatened by God's order. It messes with our mind. We just can't get through God's order for male and female. We just can't, we can't deal with that today. We can't deal with marriage, husband and wife and family and, and everything and the roles that God teaches us. That messes with us, doesn't it? Why? Because we've had a fallen nature. And how many know that when you surrender to God, 
Amen. How many know that's when you begin to really understand satisfaction? When you really yield to God's order, that's when you begin to live life to the fullest. Come on. That's when you begin to experience life and life more abundantly. But until you do, you'll struggle. You really will. You'll struggle with these things. Because fear causes you to misinterpret God's way. Fear causes you to misunderstand and, and to misread God's way. And so many times, as somebody said, you hate what you're afraid of. People begin to hate what they're afraid of, and they're afraid of God's way. Amen. You say, well, how can I happen? Well, it does. That's why the Bible declares, again, perfect love casts out all fear. Do you know, if you view God's ways as a threat, that's how you're going to parent. That's how you're going to raise your children. That everything God said is a threat. So we're not going to do that. So you can do whatever you want. Because if I try to discipline, if I try to teach you this, or I try to teach you that, if I let you just sleep in and everything, and let you do what you want, and live the life that you want, and act the way you want, then how many know that's not a good parenting skills, right? But maybe sometimes we get that because we've been threatened by God's way. Or maybe there's an element of rejection. We just don't quite want to do it that way because then we'll stand out in our neighborhoods. We won't be acceptable to our culture today. Amen. And so sometimes there's that fear of not being accepted by the world and, and everything. But I believe that, that and I've seen it a hundred times, that when, when people have been what I call culturally marinated, Come on, culturally marinated, or they've been saturated in philosophy, as Paul said, vain philosophy and deceit. It struggled. They mess. It mess with their mind. They struggle with this. How many know when you're culturally marinated, you're not going to understand God's ways. You're not going to get it. You're not going to like it. But how many know that when we surrender, we love it. Amen. It just works out better, doesn't it? Amen. When we go God's way. And so I believe too, and you never notice this, that, that today, I've noticed this also today, it's really frustrating a lot of times talking to people because today people hear what they want to hear. In fact, when you start talking about marriage and roles and gender roles, all of us, there is a narrative that they've already made up in their mind before you even speak. And so they, they, don't even, they don't even listen to what you say because everything is consider, uh, going by the narrative they've already made up in their mind before you even say anything. So guess what? No matter what you say, it's not right. How many know that's frustrating? You just can't have a conversation with somebody that's already made up in their mind that you're wrong or that they've rejected it. Come on. And so that's where we are today. But I believe that we still need to speak the truth. I think we still need to to speak the truth in love, and I think we still need to stand on what we've said. Amen. Stand on the truth. Amen. Because the Bible says that the truth will what? Make you free. Right? Someone said this, that the truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. Romans chapter 1 gives us a snapshot of this. Paul was dealing with this, and he saw this in the church in Rome, and he said that this happened all the way back, way back in humanity. He said this in Romans chapter 1 verse 20. You can write this down or turn to it if you're very fast. You'll open your Bible by the time I'm done reading. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, he said this, Paul said this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, or His eternal power, His divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. We see it, we know it. He said, and because of that, they even they see it and they still reject it. In fact, he says these three things about this, uh, our generation or our culture. He said that uh, when it comes to God, they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks to God. 
the, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They thought it was even foolish to even acknowledge God. The Bible says because of that, God gave them up and turned them over to a reprobate mind. And they began to worship idols. And they began to do sinful acts, the Bible says. Why? Because the truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. The Bible says it started with suppressing the truth and righteousness. Ignoring the truth. Rejecting the truth. Come on. Amen. Living in rebellion and fear. And so Paul summed it up in Romans and he said that that society that he was talking about, that group of people, actually he was talking about humanity, he said they began to ignore God's way and abuse other people. How many know when you ignore God's ways, you'll begin to abuse other people? That's what happens. You become abusive in your nature. You abuse money, you abuse love, you abuse people. Come on, you abuse. That's what you do. And so rebellion leads you to a place of rejection of God. Fear leads you to a place of being threatened by God. And ignoring God leads you to a place of abusing other people. And that's what he was talking about in Romans chapter 1. Every time people ignore God, they begin to abuse other things. Think about it. And so since people cannot change God's design, they will redefine God's ways. Is that right? Come on, that's, that's what he said our old nature is about. Say it again. Since people cannot change God's design, they want to redefine God's ways. That's in our fallen nature. But how many know we need born again? We need a new nature that embraces the ways of God. Embraces the design of God. Embraces the roles that God has set out for us. Amen. From the very beginning. And so because of... Uh, rebellion and fear, these things I've noticed, and we, we see that there is, uh, what the Bible describes this, when there's rebellion and fear and these other things, and ignoring God, this is what happens. The Bible describes this as of eating the bitter fruit of having your own way. In other words, the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. When you, when you get a movement going and you want all kinds of rights for your movement and then you want to, and it's a rebellion towards God and, and you want to reject God and reject the teachings of the Bible. How many know it sounds exciting at first? Who's on this bus? Oh yeah, we're, we're, well, yeah, we're going somewhere with this thing. This is new. This is exciting. But how many know in the end it leads to death? Is that right? Come on. The Bible says that God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will Reap. It may sound exciting at first, but in the end, it leads to death. Why? Because you can't do anything outside, successful outside of God's way. And that's our fallen nature. It wants to deceive us and say we can, but we can't. How many know we can't? We can't have true happiness outside of the Lord. You can't be successful outside of God. And how many know you cannot have eternal life except through Jesus Christ? Can't do it. Just can't do it. And so this is what happens. And you begin to, uh, people begin to have the bitter fruit of having their own way. And let me just say this, putting this into our uh, context of today, is I believe that there is a group of people who suffer the most from the consequences. They reap the, the bitter fruit of our consequences, our things that we want to do without God. There's a group of people that suffer the most in these consequences, and that is our kids. Children are suffering the most from our sin. Come on. From our decisions to be without God. From our decisions to run from God. How many know the children suffer? It's kids who suffer. 
And let me just give you a statistics and studies are being over and over again are being uh, developing and, and revealing something very astounding. And that is this, is that studies are proving over and over again that, that children that are raised by same-sex partners are experiencing depression and abuse three times more than children that are being raised by opposite-sex partners. I'm telling you, you can't do what you want to do or run from God as far away as you want and be blessed. It's just not going to happen. Can I get an amen in this Christian church? It's not going to happen. You just can't do what we feel is right in our own eyes and say, you know what? Even though God's design is this way, I don't care what you do in a lab. It's not going to change God's design. It's not going to change God's purpose and God's way and God's will. And some of you are just kind of shuddering a little bit this morning because you're thinking, oh my word, I can't let my neighbors know I go to this church. It's time that you declare the truth because it's only through the truth that people will be free. And when you hide the truth, it oppresses people. Come on. And how many know it's, it's wrong for us as the church to want people in their sin? It's wrong for us to have a desire that we want to see actually people stay in their oppression. How many know there's something wrong with that kind of Christian that doesn't want to see their neighbors free? Come on. Amen. And, and it's only one way. But let me just share with this the, the fifth thing that we need to take in consideration, not just our new nature, our fallen nature, but we need to take this in consideration and think about this when we talk about gender roles and marriage especially, and that is God leads us to go His way. You know, sin is independence from God's way. It's another way. It's an opposite way. How many know some people just run in the opposite direction from God, as hard as they can, as fast as they can? Amen. And that's what sin is. Sin is uh, disobedience to what God said. It is the opposite of what God said. It is not just different, it is independent from what God said and God's ways. And so God's ways will never be acceptable to fallen man until he becomes acceptable to God. Let me say it one more time. God's ways will never be acceptable to fallen man until he becomes acceptable to God. And how many know you can only do that through Jesus Christ? You can only do that through the cross. Amen. Why? And that's why Jesus declared, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Is that what he said? Why? Because God's design is God's way and God's way is truth and God's truth is life. And so when Jesus declared that, he didn't just say, follow me in my religion. He, he was saying, listen, I'm taking you all the way back to God's way. God's design, amen, God's purpose, God's plan, I am the way. I'm the only way to get there. You can't get there, amen, any other way except through me, Jesus said. You can't have life except through Jesus. Is anybody listening? You can't have truth without Jesus, amen. And our world today, as much as they want to ignore it, reject it, and, and, and refute it, we need truth today, amen. And we, we've got the truth. And so maybe this is, you know, simple to you in elementary, but I'm laying a groundwork and something that we need to think about. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians who struggle with roles in marriage. They struggle with it. They read scriptures about submission and serving, and they're like, who what? I don't think so. Not me. I mean, no, we need to submit to God's order, God's way. And if God said it, let's remember, how many know it's good? Because God is good. Is that right? Come on. It's about relationship with Him. It's from our new nature. It's against our fallen nature. And it's going God's way. 
Amen. So it's about God's way and going His way. So one of the most important and powerful elements of truth is that it sets people free. That's why I'm sharing this today. I just want to throw this out before we continue. And I've got to say this about going God's way. Is that we have to know something today. Is that loving everyone does not mean accepting everything. Can I say it one more time? Loving everyone does not mean accepting everything. And Christians have to be mature enough to know the difference. How many know we love everyone? The Bible says we, it teaches us that we love it. We have no discrimination about the love of God. Is that right? Amen? But that doesn't mean we have to accept everything. And so we have to keep these things in mind. And so when we talk about the roles of gender and humanity and marriage and and what God established, we, we have to say this, that God defined the roles of humanity. I, again, aren't you glad that somebody didn't think of it up in a lab? We'd be in big trouble, right? God, God did this. And, God, and so if God did it, had, again, keep in mind, it's good. It's about relationship. It's got a great ending. Come on. It, I mean, it's all about goodness. It's all about His love. And so let me just share a few things uh, today and then next week I really want to talk about roles in marriage because I had to set this foundation because I feel that there's such a struggle in our culture today and there's such a door we have to get through come on in our minds mentally get past some of this junk that we hear and see right in order to receive God's word and what God says about roles in marriage so God's design is what perfect we saw that in the very beginning I've mentioned that don't have to go through that again but I want to bring something out is God's design is perfect and so, so we know that, we've talked about that, but even though God's design is perfect, I believe that some people can't receive it. I don't know why, they just can't receive it. Maybe it's because of the misconceptions that they grew up with. Here's a few misconceptions that people kind of grew up with and, and claim. Number one, that there are no defined roles. There's really no defined roles at all. How many know that's a misconception? Number two, gender roles are ancient and don't apply anymore. I mean, that's a misconception. And the third misconception is it, uh, it's defined about how I feel and who I want to be. That's a misconception. That there is defined roles. Come on, God said it. Gender roles are important today and they are for today and they are do mean something today. And it's not defined on how I feel and who I want to be. It's on who God says I am and who He wants me to be. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'm made in His image. Thank God I wasn't made in the image of a squirrel. I was made in him in his image. Amen. As a kid, I used to act like a squirrel. Right? Amen. But I was designed in his image. And let's just go through this today quickly. It really, as I thought about this, you know, you, you think about life in general. It doesn't work not to have roles. It, it just doesn't work. How many know in sports it doesn't work? Everybody wants to be the first baseman. How many know it doesn't work? Everybody wants to be the quarterback. I mean, that's not going to work. Right? Come on. Everybody can't be the CFO. Everybody can't be the receptionist. Everybody can't be. It just doesn't work in life. We, we have to have roles, don't we? Amen. And we have to have clear, defined roles, don't we? Amen. And so this is what we see. It's not just that God's roles are perfect. We have to understand God's roles are perfect. And so, you know, the reality is really that some people have rejected God's roles because they've been abused. The roles in their life have been abused. I know some men who hate women, and I know women who hate men. 
But I've got news for you that when we surrender to God and we surrender to His ways, we accept His plans, listen, we begin to know the truth and the truth sets you free from that kind of abuse. Anybody listening? Amen. And so I don't know what your background is and what you've been through, but you've got to understand today when you, you've got to just surrender and your, your past, your experience, your definition of what family is and love is and relationships are and what male and female is all about and just say, God, I accept what your way is. I receive your way. I receive what you designed. Amen. So not only is God's way, God's design perfect, God's design is distinct. I like what someone said recently that if we were to just look at just our DNA, uh, the DNA in our bodies, they say the average person with the DNA has enough DNA in their bodies if you were to uncoil it to stretch out to 10 billion miles. I just blew you away. I mean, that's, they, they said it's like 35,000 terabytes of data. Or putting it in the millennials kind of language, 35 million hours of HD video. That's a lot of movies. That's a lot of time. Think about it. That, how many know that's a lot of DNA? And yet each one is distinctive. Each one is unique. Each one is perfect in God's eyes. And God knows each one. Did you know if they found a skeleton out into the wilderness or out into the desert, they would be able to tell roughly the age, the sex, if, and if it was a female, if she had children or not. Think about it. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Amen. It's distinctive. And yet, today we're like, no, no, we can play God. We can change those things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change who you are, who God created you to be. From the very beginning, God's design was set in order. And how many know when God makes a promise, it stays for all eternity? And God's design lasts, and God's design is perfect, it's distinct, I love it. And there's so many things, interesting things we can talk about, how our bodies are so distinct from one another, and especially male and female. They're just distinct, aren't they? They're different. And they're de designed different. God made it that way for God's plan. Each of us have God's plan in mind. And so, I love that. But the key that is, is found in Genesis. The key to, to this uh, being distinct is found in Genesis. And that is every seed or creation brings forth according to its kind. Or it brings, uh, it's limited to or consistent with their kind. How many know a banana tree cannot produce a cheetah? Is that right? Come on. So we bring forth after its own kind. That's a law that's been set in order by God. That's unchangeable. I don't care what lab you go to or what you're trying to do. Amen. How many sheep you clone? I mean, that's just going to happen, that, that you can't do that. Every seed brings forth after its own kind. And God said, let there be the earth and the grass and the herbs. And so he looked down and all creation has the same principle. So when he turned to man and, and male and female, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Every seed brings forth after its own kind. That's a good principle. Why? Because we're distinct. We're different. Amen. And so I love that about the, the you know, creation. And this is a key. And we understand really the nature of God and the nature that God created us. It, it just blows us away. And it really causes me really to fall in love with God all over again. Say, Lord, this is so cool. I mean, you know, when, we were, when I was in, uh, uh, took a class in human anatomy and physiology, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I just had so many questions. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, that's so cool. And the whole time I'm getting blown away because it's all God doing this, and they're all like, okay, well, we evolved, and this happened, and Big Bang. And I'm like, well, no, I think God did it. And so I think it was so cool. But anyways, so God's design is perfect. God's design is unique and a distinctive. But God's design 
is complete. This is the last thing I want to share with you today. And next week we're going to talk about roles in marriage. Because we have to set the tone. God's design is complete. Listen, God created two distinctive genders. And God made each gender complete. Now listen, if God didn't make two genders complete, he would have had to make a third. I'm going to note, when God looked and said it's good, he also meant it's complete. And when God made a man, and he a man, you're a man, and God made a woman, you're a woman, then we have to say, God made me complete. God's design is complete. Now, not measured according to our standards. Again, we have to go back to God is good. He's the creator. He designed it. He started it. It's his will. It's his way. Is that right? And it's complete. We've got to understand it's complete. I don't have to change anything because it's complete. If I don't like the way this, that, okay, that, I guess. But uh, as far as so God made me a man, I don't need to change into something else because God made me a man and it's complete. Is that right? And so God's design was that there was two genders and with those two, it was complete. Because really, God created man and woman. I believe, my personal opinion about this, is that because we're so different, I believe that men don't make good women. And women don't make good men. Because as a woman, you're complete. As a man, you're complete. And anything outside of God's design and God's order, you're incomplete. It's not right. It's not good. It's not, it's not perfect. It's not... It distinctive. It's not, come on, it's not the Lord. Amen. And so I believe that the, one of the things that we have to understand is think about, uh, you know, think about the ark. Think about, you know, we all hear the story of Noah, right? What did he send? Two animals. What? Male and female. Because they had to procreate afterwards. Amen. Come on, two mosquitoes. Had, you know, you had to get more mosquitoes. Right? That's God's order. It's God's design. It's right there. And so as Romans says, it's right in front of us. And yet people reject it and they deny it. But also, I believe that this rejection and this rebellion of God's order comes, goes all the way back to the garden from the devil. I, I want to share something with you. Is that really, th this is one of the things that the devil attacked at the very beginning was gender roles. I mean, he was, and he's, he, this is what he went for. This is what he tried to destroy because he came to really to disrupt the plan of God and dis destroy the design of God. That's why the enemy came. He wanted to disrupt it. He wanted to destroy it. And so how did he do it? He had to do it deceptively. He had to do it, uh, uh, you know, just the Bible says that he was the most cunning in all the garden. He had to do it. He had to be smart about it. And so the Bible says that he deceived uh, Eve and he came in this way. And so, but let me just say this, is that just like Satan isolated Eve, waited till she was alone, and he deceived her, I want to say something about our culture today that's really dangerous. Just like the devil got Eve away and deceived her, so affirming our children at a young age places them in a world of deception. Anybody listening? It separates children at a young age. This is the devil's design to start them at a young age, even before they're five years old. Trying to affirm them as something else than what they were born with. Come on, how many know that's deception at its highest level? And this has always been the plan. And, and I, I want to say this, is that with every deception, there is a conception. So that if the devil knows that if he can deceive us, then he'll plant a seed in us that will grow against the Lord. Amen. 
the seed of rebellion, the seed of rejection of God, the seed of fear, the seed of, of threatening of God. Come on, ignoring God and abusing other people and other things. That's from the enemy. From the very beginning, he knew the power of family. He knew the power of a man. He knew the power of a woman. Come on. He knew the power of the two coming together and becoming one. That's what we want to talk about next week. And you know something, when we get this right, when we understand God's order, we come into His design, there's power. There's such life. There's such freedom in it that He knows, the devil knows, the enemy knows that if we keep God's design going, He's in trouble. He knows that if we keep God's order going in the earth and keep establishing God's order, amen, His order's got to go. His kingdom will be exposed. His kingdom will be destroyed. Come on, because the Bible says, amen, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Comes through family. Comes through understanding our roles and gender, understanding who we are from the very beginning. And I want you to know today that God's here to set people free. If you struggle with this, if you heard this today, remember everything that God spoke is good. Everything that God intended for you was birthed out of love for you. Come on, and a design to be in a relationship with you. So anything outside of that that causes you to fear God or be threatened by God or to reject God or be rebellion, how many know God's here to heal you today? If you feel threatened by gender, if you feel threatened by uh, your role in marriage, your role in humanity and who God called you to be, if, you, if this makes you angry, you need a healing. That's an area that God wants to touch today. How many know if people are, we talk to women about being women and, you know, they get upset and they get angry. How many know that's an area that God needs to heal? That's a broken area. Talk to men about being a man and they get all frustrated and get all mad and get bent out of shape. How many know that's an area that needs to be healed? It's an area because of the fall that's been broken. And I don't know about you today, but God's here to heal and set free. Anybody listening? How many want to walk in God's design? How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I love the Lord. I love His design. I thank the Lord that He created it. He made it. He designed it. I just want to live in it. I, I want to love it. I want to live, amen, in this role that I've been created in. Can we stand on our feet? Amen. You know, roles in our gender and roles in marriage become diluted when we mix culture and bad experience over God's Word. Amen. So today... I don't know what your experience has been, but I want you to remember that all of God's commandments are good. And all that God does is out of His love and His glory. Ever since the beginning. Even the Ten Commandments, people say, well, that's just a, that's just a list of a, a, a things to do list. That's just a rule list. No, everything that God commanded was to protect marriage, protect family, protect you. Come on. Protect your heart, protect your life. Everything that God commanded was always with us in mind to be in relationship with Him for eternity. Is that right? Come on, is that right? Come on, some of you would be shouting if I was preaching about the end times. Amen? But we're talking about life today. We're talking about God's order. And so I believe that it is in the teaching, as I said before, in the demonstration that bring healing and wholeness to our community and our generation. People are, are, don't like this. People don't like this teaching. They, they get hurt. They get angry. They don't like it. This is a battleground right now in our generation, in our culture right now. But how many know if we'll stand for truth, the truth will set people free and we'll begin to see people winning in their life, overcoming in their life. Victory will come. 
We stand on the truth. Victory will come. We stand on the truth. Listen, don't attack people. Pray for people. Tell them the truth in love and stand on the truth. Can you say amen? Aren't you glad that if somebody asks you, oh, Brother Matt, does your church do this or do you believe that or do you hate that or do you reject? No. You know what you need to say? The Bible says. The Bible says. The Word of God says. From the very beginning, God breathed it. God designed it. God's design is this. And I stand on God's design. I love God's design, and you would too if you received it. Amen. So I want to encourage you, whoever you're talking to and praying for, whether you're a family or co-workers or whoever, listen, just get past, you got to understand, get past some of the, that, that just that marinated cultural experience and understanding. Get into God's Word. Start getting into God's truth. And say, Lord, how can I break this down? How can I share this today that they'll receive it? Because, Lord, it's easy to receive your love, isn't it? Amen. It's easy. It was for me. Amen. Let's just pray today. Let's pray. Come on, the word amen means so be it. Come on, we agree today. How many can slip your hand to heaven and say, I agree today with the blessing of the Lord. We bless our children and our children's children. Come on, we bless every marriage in this room today. We bless. I don't care where you are, whether you think you've got it together or not. We bless every marriage. No weapon formed against every marriage is going to prosper in Jesus' name. We bless and we ask for a hundredfold blessing on your children, on your home, in your family, oh God. Lord, we pray for extended members of family that aren't here today. Bless them in Jesus' name. With the eternal covenant that you made in the beginning, Lord, through Jesus Christ, we receive it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and say yes, amen for healing and wholeness and length of days. We thank you, Lord, that we have truth today in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we have freedom in your name. We pray, oh God, we pray, oh God, that from this day forward, that there will be a crumbling down of that which man has made. The people build and our culture have built Amen. And we've established this way of, and that it's that this is the way of family. This is the new version of family. God, that's crumbling in our day and our time and our age. And Lord, your truth is arising. The ancient truth is arising. And I thank you for it today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the covenant through the blood of Jesus. We say amen. We say amen. I mean, you know, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. We just want to say God bless you. Enjoy your week. We're looking forward to God has to say next week, a roles in marriage, and how God wants us to have a happily ever after marriage. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you.